1: Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. Sincere apologies. We didn't appear last week, unfortunately, we were victims uh of Storm Was it Debbie? Can't remember. I think it was old Debbie Power. who
0: was ellis this time, yeah.
1: Yeah, old
0: Debbie.
1: And as you can hear, obviously delighted yeah. to be joined by Rocky. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing charged. pretty all right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, rejuvenated. In the year 2023, the year of our Lord, I was without power for two days after that storm. So, that uh, that had something to do with us not being around last week.
1: Not a nice, not a nice way to be. But look, uh, it reminds you how vulnerable you are, uh, and how necessity electricity how, nece- how much of a necessity electricity is, I suppose. But Look, maybe not a good way to be, but look, we won't hark on too much about our hardships. Um, we'll delve right into it. Uh, kicking yes. off around the ground, then fourth and goal, and the previews for week 12, which is a very evenly spread out mm. list of fixtures, I think. yeah, um, turkey gay week should be enjoyable, absolutely, and a first ever Black Friday uh, game as well be interesting to see. So preface this obviously with the fact that we're going to miss. uh, We're not going to have the score to hand for tonight's rematch of the Super Bowl. The 8-1 Eagles facing off against the 7-2 Chiefs. But before we get to all that I will give you my Sasquatch stat. It's less of a stat and it's more a cantankerous dig at uh, the Commanders. So not only did the Commanders lose at home yesterday. They weren't able to take a shower afterwards. FedEx rules.
0: Yeah, I saw this. No no hot water for the showers for the lads afterwards. No hot water in FedEx. I've never field. heard a kind word um, said about uh, FedEx Field.
1: Not since the turn of the entry. Uh, just quickly, um, before you
0: move on, I didn't run this by you. And I know you are sort of a dictator when it comes to the podcast, so apologies. But I've got my own stat for you. Um. So as we saw this weekend, the Browns just edged the Steelers. And the Browns beat the Ravens and Steelers in consecutive weeks for the first time in franchise history. That's something.
1: Is that yeah, would yeah.
0: You'd expect, I was gonna
1: ask a, a dumb question and say
0: Alright, go on. And say is that
1: since the new franchise, but obviously the new franchise came about yes. after yeah. the old franchise became the Baltimore Ravens. so um,
0: yeah, but It's that, something good. you'd expect um, maybe, probably would have happened before today, but not so.
1: Yeah. Uh, everything's confusing when you enter Cleveland. But look, we're, we're digressing here. The results uh, from the games that did happen and have taken place at the time recording. So Thursday night football, obviously the Ravens overcame, the Bengals... So many injuries in that game. It's ridiculous. 34 points to 20. Probably puts a final nail in the Bengal season with Joe Burrow now indefinitely. Cowboys, Bully Boys beat the Panthers 33-10. As you mentioned, the Browns overcame the Steelers 13 points to 10. In a wild finish, the Lions overcame the Bears 31 points to 26. Apologies, long time listener Keith. Mm. The Packers overcame the Chargers 23 points to 20. The Texans overcame the Cardinals, 21 points to 16. Jags over the Titans, 34 points to 14. Dolphins, 20. Raiders, 13. Giants, 31. Commanders, 19. 49ers, 27. Bucks, 14. Bills, 32. New York Jets, 6. Rams, 17. Seahawks, 16. And finally, Broncos, 21. Vikings, 20. So that takes us through... The, the results Um. next up is Fort and goal and I'm going to be a cheeky sod and I'm going to jump in ahead of you oh. take the lead on this well, one you are the boss so first question nice and easy Ron Rivera Brandon Stanley or Frank Reich whose seat is the hottest and why
0: I love how you wrote down Brandon Staley correctly but you always pronounce it Stanley
1: it's a, yeah, it's a, it's
0: yeah, it's a weird one.
1: It's a Sasquatchism. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: it's not a mistake, listeners. It is actually just a, it's his local dialect. Um, Fair. That's a tough one. I'm mean, like Ron Rivera. I think you almost could have said was a shoe in to be fired before the season. Um. Yeah. A front. It's a tough one. I actually think Brandon Staley might be the safest out of the three of them. I can see, Me? I can see a world where he is given. Well, I think Frank Reich and Ron Rivera. There, it's a foregone conclusion that they will not be starting with their teams next year. Um, Ron Rivera has his terrible tenure, and Frank Reich has turned the number one overall pick the consensus number one overall pick and has made it look like a train wreck
1: I th- I actually think Brandon Staley
0: oh, is the hottest uh,
1: is the hottest because I think the other two will go on Black Monday I think Brandon Staley could go before year end the reason being is he is wasting the rookie contract of Justin Herbert which I think is up and has wasted it Uh, no playoff win despite significantly more talent than the other two have at their disposal I think uh, the commanders are just a mess Um, but like for me there was instance with Ron Rivera last year the key one being the fact that he did the post game interview having benched who was the starting quarterback last year? was it Carson Wentz? For Sam Howell, and they asked him why he did that when there was still an opportunity they could make the playoffs, or that they would be eliminated in the playoffs, and he didn't realize that if they lost, I think it was
0: Wentz to Heineke, and then Howell was on the last year of the game. Could yeah, the last game of the year.
1: Could be, could be. So that's like obviously a horrific luck, and I think Frank Reich, unfortunately, I think when his time is up in Carolina, which I think will be year end, um. The reason they'll keep him in situ is because they'll probably get a... They, they've they traded away their first-round draft pick, haven't they? They, they have, So,
0: yeah.
1: Tanking is actually no use to them. I think what Frank Reich has done, I think his time as a head coach in the NFL is done, though. I think Riviera could get another position. Brandon Staley could get other positions. They'll probably have to go maybe DC and work back up. For that opportunity. But I think Frank Reich's time is done as a head coach. Um, but for me, I think Brandon Staley, given the talent on the roster, is the hottest seat of them all right now. Yeah,
0: look, I I do want to clear up. I don't think Brandon Staley's job is safe. I just think we've seen what Ron Rivera is and there seems to be no sort of linear progression with that team um so I, I and particularly with the ownership change, I don't see him starting the season next year. Uh, Frank Reich, I think, not only his tenure to today in uh, Carolina, but the the offense with the Colts for the last couple of years was very much so very stagnant. Um. And look, yeah, as you say, Brandon Staley, he's he's squandered not only the um the talents of Justin Herbert. Which is, you know, in itself, you know, we were, we were, ha- he was looking as if, you know, we couldn't figure out what the buzz was early on in the season. He didn't look, he looked pedestrian. Well, we know he isn't. Um, but not only that, but all of the defense they have, uh, or the talent they have in the defense, and him being a defensive head coach. You know, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the game. Uh, obviously, the JC Jackson signing was an uh, unmitigated disaster. Uh, Joey Bosa... Uh, so they have some serious talent there, but it's it's not a defense that you can think of over the last year and say, yeah, they, they were good. They were scary good. Not even good. Like They've boasted one of the worst run defenses for years, for two or three years there. And that was just the blueprint to beat them, was just to run the ball. So... Mm-hmm. I think... I think I'm saying Staley is, is the safest only because I think Rivera's and Reich's is 100% certain. And I I can see a possibility where Staley is there at the start of next year. But I do agree with you in that it's in no way safe. Fair. Okay. Um, we'll move on. And kind of for the first, certainly seven eight or nine weeks we were talking and praising the parity of the league this year but over the last few weeks we've really seen some separation between the upper and lower tier teams um just after week 11 so most teams have played 10 games now um nine of the 32 teams in the league have seven plus wins so have won 70 percent of their games which is 28. So over nearly a third of the teams have won 70% of their games at uh, 13 of the 32 teams have four or fewer or fewer wins. So they're, they've won 40% or less. Um, so we are seeing a pretty, even the lower tier, the floor of the league is, is pretty wide. Um, mm. But it's, this might actually. This I think this year is unique in that it's not that um it's evenly split, or it's clustered around the middle. It actually seems to be clustered at the bottom and at the top, and the middle ground, is is thinning out. Yeah,
1: um, it's it's strange, isn't it? And we've kind of, we've definitely seen okay. The Vikings have kind of righted the ship, but we've definitely seen kind of last year's anomalies return to kind of where you'd expect them based on the talents in the roster like you look at the Seahawks they've definitely returned to kind of where you would kind of see them as kind of like bubbling on a playoff position but yeah they may not make it depending on other divisions and uh, the Rams as well after a hot start I know they were obviously victorious last night but they've kind of with all the injury um trouble they have and stuff like that they've kind of they're around where we kind of thought they were, um, high floor, low ceiling, um, and then there's been a few surprise packages. Like obviously, we didn't see, we didn't see the outcome for Houston. Um, the Giants have kind of returned to where you'd expect, um, which is unfortunate for them after paying some sizable contracts last off season. But I think. It's it's a less of an anomaly year, whereas last year kind of felt like an anomaly year. Um, you had two or three strong teams at the top, but you have more strong teams at the top. And it feels like every week we're picking up a new Super Bowl favourite. And no doubt the 49ers will be plush because they did a phenomenal performance last night. And it's going to be, whoever wins tonight is going to be the new Super Bowl favourite and by the time this podcast
0: airs absolutely yeah um like if if casey wins they'll i think their biggest er, criticism is their offense and they'll they'll need to uh, be able to outscore the eagles because they can score so if they win they'll have that going for them and obviously just knocking off the kansas city city chiefs would probably launch anybody close to super bowl favoritism so um yeah, um, I think yeah the Niners did a great put a good show in there. As you say, they'll be in the top three. I think the Lions, even though they beat the Bears, I think just the scare kind of has them maybe not move maneuvering too much in power rankings. Um, but then, as you say, a lot of them the middle tier of teams, it's sort of populated by teams that are have questions. You know, obviously the Bengals are now at five and five. And we expect them to start dropping off, um, so again we're, we might even see more thinning of that middle class. Um, you know, the Colts are five and five yeah. now, but they could have been better should Anthony Richardson had stayed healthy. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. I think we might actually see potentially that that gap even widening, and we'll end up with a completely, you know. Upper and lower
1: class, basically. No middle class. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the 49ers, nice little segue here. Um, I suppose with both the 49ers and Buffalo Bills winning convincingly last night, which combination of team quarterback combination do we think is more back as it looks to move past its recent struggles?
0: Um. I think you gotta go with the 49ers here I think mm-hmm. yeah Josh Allen looked good at times but I don't know how many turnovers there were in that game where the defense gave them the ball in favorable position and they also had the the advantage of going against uh, an emic Jets offense um, mm-hmm. and look the, the Jets defense has been able to kind of stifle good quarterbacks this year, as it did to Josh Allen in week one. But, um, you know, they were able to get it right this week and they were able to put up a scoreline that looked very favourable. And I know the 49ers weren't going against any world beater either in the, the Buccaneers, but I think they just looked a bit more complete and were able to handle them a little bit more handily. I know the Books had two... Um I think it was two end zone or red zone possessions that they come away came away with zero points, but like they're a complete team. Um mm. concern with Talanoa Hufanga, one of their safety, all pro safeties, that is uh that might be might have torn his ACL, so that's a bit of a blow for them, but if I was making a power rankings based purely on on the games we saw on the weekend the 49ers might be up there at number one
1: absolutely I I suppose like the key thing for for Purdy and I know he's kind of struggled in recent weeks the statistic that's doing the rounds at the minute is last night was the first time a 49ers quarterback had a perfect QBR since so Steve Young, he who should not be named. Oh, sorry, no, Quarterback. back. Um, and look, they've they've had some some decent quarterbacks in that time. Obviously Steve Young, as you mentioned, uh, kind of Hall of Famer, but someone who played this the style of being of like being favourable for high QBR is Alex like Smith. Um, so I think that's that's a huge kind of win for Purdy right now um in his career. It's obviously his first full season as well. Um but I think look the 49ers will always go with injury and they are susceptible to injury but they've improved with the recruitment of Chase Young. Yeah, I I suppose I asked the question and haven't read the question back think we'd be foolish to say the Bills are back after a win over the Jets I mean they they pretty much own the Jets
0: yeah look Um, I think they did what they had to do but I think the 49ers win probably had more to do with Purdy than the Bills win had to do with Josh Allen I'd still absolutely the Bills did what they had to do and it's the first step on that road to redemption but I, that that three-game skid for the 49ers was, like, inexplicable. Um, I don't know what was going wrong for them. Um, but for the Bills, what's been going wrong for them has been Josh Allen. So, we that's what you want to see, is okay. that progression of, of, of play coming back. Um, we'll move over now to the Big Apple and New York Giants legend Tommy DeVito put together a respectable game. Um, he'll go home now to his favorite dinner prepared by his mammy. Probably no chores to do this weekend either or this week. Um, but the Giants' shot at Caleb Williams took a bit of a hit now. And I think that's been on everybody's minds since Daniel Jones went down. That uh, yeah. Let's get the consensus number one on. Uh, quarterback in the draft um, they were number three coming into the week yeah. and now they're number five and if you were to look at the Giants upcoming schedule New England this isn't in order but New England Green Bay the Rams Tommy DeVito plays like he did again this weekend the Giants might be in danger of winning another game or two
1: I think so I think anyone could beat the Pats at the moment in Time. I think Jordan Love did look decent last night, so maybe things could be turned around in Green Bay. Don't want to speak too soon. Um, and the Rams, uh, I think they'll out-coach them, to be fair. Dayball has struggled uh, schematically this year. It's been as much, I think, a struggle of, kind of key players who signed extensions as it has been coaching. And I, like, Make no mistakes, but I don't think the Giants win... Yesterday, unless Saquon has the typical Saquon performance, he has. Yeah, might be, might be a case of a big win for Devito, and a loss for the Giants because I think Devito would fancy his chances of outplaying Daniel Jones. He may not fancy his chances of outplaying a consensus number one quarterback. Um. Feel the stock maybe a bit too high on Caleb Williams. I know, it's it's hard to put that. Uh, it's it's difficult when people put a consensus number one pick on a on a college program that's struggling, and and the USC Trojans are struggling. It's like you're not going to see him in bowl games. I think games. they're
0: they're eliminated eliminated from the playoffs, are they?
1: Yeah, so. You're not gonna see him in that high pressure environment, so I'm I'm not sure. As an organization, I'm gonna lose an awful lot of sleep if we do with on Caleb Williams.
0: Um, yeah. One thing as well, and this isn't something I haven't been keeping very up to date with the USC Trojans, but I think there was criticism. Uh, floating around off Caleb Williams because I think he was eliminated from the college football playoffs and whatever he found his his mam after the game and he was like hugging her and crying again like I think that's fairly rational but I think I think people toot New York as this sort of dog eat dog sort of sphere and I'm not. <laughs> if i say i wonder how he'll handle it it's going to blow up in my face but um i wonder how you know what 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 the impression of giants fans are new yorkers
1: i think i do think though uh, i kind of i know exactly that what you're referencing and stuff for that and i think the initial reaction was one where people are obviously slating them for not making the playoffs but then I think the, once it kind of died down, I think the general consensus was look, unfortunately, this fella can't play quarterback and cornerback. Um, and I think ultimately, just that USC defense was incredibly porous. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of talent there. I just think you don't have the tape to say this fella can handle high kind of stress moments. Um, not saying he can't, but it's, there is a bit of a leap of faith with Caleb Williams, um, which you could argue you wouldn't have, say, even the Tennessee Titans picking up uh, Will Levis. You know we can handle high-stress environments. So, But even then, I'm Will Levis sure. went in
0: the, the second round, the top of the second round. It's, yeah, exactly. it's nowhere near the same ballpark as what is almost assuredly yes. the number one overall pick. And we've yeah. seen quarterbacks fold under that sort of pressure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, for for Giants' sake, I think they're kind of goosed anyway with the contract they've given Daniel Jones. I, I don't think they're, if they're sensible, I don't think they're going to lose an awful lot of sleep with missing out on Caleb Williams. Just, uh, the fans might be upset because it means they're maybe kicking the, the rebuild down the road by at least a year. Or the start date of the rebuild anyway. So but look, um such a sport, such is yep. life. Yeah, and it's gonna be very hard to compete in the NFC East anyway, given there's two powerhouses already in it. Um so lying low until Dak or Jalen gonna kind of move on, it's probably admirable. Um anyway, moving on. Speaking about a team that's trying to do it all in the division with a powerhouse. Does Denver's resurgence, obviously they've run four and a bounce, speak to Payton's coaching, something we were critical of in the opening weeks, or a bit of a Russell Wilson comeback or a naissance? Because uh, obviously, look, walk-off touchdown last night. So, well, not, not quite a walk-off, but not a million miles away from a no. walk-off. Um, and he and he's, he's played well in this four-game Stretch. Yes,
0: we spoke about him on um, The Ball Bags last week. Kind of sung on his praise. Yeah, another production on the network. Yep, tune in. Um, it's hard to, to say it's one without the other. Like, we saw Nathaniel Hackett have his season, and there was no mark- last Last season with Denver, and there was no marked improvement in his tenure with Russell Wilson. Um, whereas we have seen Denver progress and progress, and Russell Wilson leaning into his strengths, making passes, um, scrambling when he needs to. I think it's one of those unquantifiable things, you know. What what can we attribute to the the coach? But it's I I've really struggled to not give Sean Payton his flowers here. And say that this is, you know, his system and his culture sort of coming in. He, he came into the start of the season. I think Russell Wilson had his own little entourage. And he said, no, nope, that's not how I'm running things. And things had surely but slowly, slowly but surely gotten better as the season has gone on. And and he has the, the Broncos, not quite, but marching towards a, a playoff spot. Think they're they're third on the bubble, um, with a and not massively intimidating schedule coming up, so we'll see. I think I think Sean Payton's done a, a great job. Yeah. With the base.
1: Do you would you would you feel it's it's Payton's coaching that has led to the Russ Renaissance?
0: Yeah, I think if um, he's
1: kind of simplified the game plan or the Russ's strength
0: yeah again it's 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 very difficult I think to talk about head coaching without kind of looking at a team sort of um, systematically or or or, or thoroughly um, but I do think that not every coach could have gotten the Denver Broncos to where they are now uh, I think Sean P- Payton is Fair. he's I think fairly toot is as, as an offensive genius. Um I think that yeah, he's the reason they are where they are. Obviously Russ has the the talents and the the capabilities, but Experience. but he had it yet yeah, he had it last year. And and it mm. wasn't unlocked or the strengths were played into, so you have to give credit to Sean Payton here. besides i know it's he's got the the reputation of being a bit of a mind my french but a bit of a prick oh. but uh but you kind of you you have to have somebody in the league who's the bad boy you know who's uh shite talking other coordinators around the league like he's like he was with uh, Nathaniel Hackett at the start of the season got to have your bad boy moving on now anyway um Joe Burrow Big news, I suppose, some of the biggest news coming out of the week is he is done for the season. What is the outlook for the Bengals while keeping in mind that the Browns still have a play a shot at of a playoff shot with being without their quarterback one in the Batman. Um so just a bit a bit of additional context for you. Cincinnati has the toughest remaining schedule in the league. They're playing the Steelers twice, then the Jags, Colts, Vikings, uh, Chiefs and Browns. Um, so obviously this being the toughest schedule is just based on strength of schedule. You know, Obviously the Steelers are maybe a bit fraudulent or maybe be what you consider a 6-4 and four team or whatever they are now.
1: It's still divisional games though.
0: Absolutely. Um, whereas Cleveland have the twenty-four toughest schedule. Playing the Broncos, Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets and Bengals. So, and I think the Browns have this defense that they can and have yes. been relying on. Whereas the Bengals were more balanced. You know, when Joe Burrow went there, the offense was high powered. The defense could get the job done. Whereas now without Joe Burrow to orchestrate it. They're relying on the defense like... Cleveland is, but it's not. It's not nearly to the same standard.
1: No, I I think the Browns are still good enough to get seventh seed in the AFC. I think unfortunately, depend on who they match up against. Unfortunately in the NFL, who has the best quarterback typically wins out. Mm. Um, so I think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I think they will be one and done. I don't think the Bengals without Joe Burrow are good enough to make the playoffs. I think you take Joe Burrow out of it, all of a sudden then Jamar Chase becomes less of a factor. I think as a result of not having that high-powered over-the-top game, then Joe Mixon becomes less of a factor because he's not that type of running back. He's not your Mm. Derrick Henry-esque, smash-mouth football-style running back. I think the Bengals are... I think they're done without Joe Burrow, and I don't think that's a shocking take. Um, I think it's a brutally tough division, as as flawed as Kenny Pickett and the Steelers are. They're still incredibly well coached. We're not one hundred percent certain on coaching in in Cincinnati. Like how much is Zach Taylor responsible for Joe Burrow's excellence, and how much is just Joe, Joey Cool the man? Um, I think, unfortunately, the Bengals will likely finish bottom of the AFC North.
0: Yeah, and I, I think so. Think, almost assuredly.
1: I think if there's... if there's, I don't think three teams come out of the AFC North. I think two teams come out of the AFC North. And I think, ultimately, it'll be the Browns and they'll be good enough for the seventh seed in the AFC. Well... Because that defense is...
0: exceptional. So you're... You are, of course, saying that the the Ravens are going to win that division.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, the Raven, or the the Browns are fifth seeded now, and the Steelers are seventh. Um, and if you're looking at the the teams on the bubble, the bubble, you know, maybe the Bills are the threat to 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 get in and think knock the Steelers out. Sort
1: of yeah. out. I think Buffalo will sort of, and I've got, um, out. I've got
0: two stats for you, one for each team, to keep things fair and as critical as we've been about the Browns and generally it's because of obviously who their, their quarterback is um, but the Browns have a league most 28% of their cap space on injured reserve so it is pretty impressive that they're able to mm. that they're, they are where they are 7-3 and three with that um, obviously working against them and um, now the the stat for for Cincinnati is is a little bit more scary, I suppose. Um, Andrew Luck, you remember him? I remember him fondly. Yes. Post Civil War hero Andrew. Yes, Luck. yes. In Andrew Luck's first fifty-five games, he was stat, sacked. Yeah, yeah sacked one hundred and fifteen times. And Joe Burrow has been sacked in three less games, 148 times. So, yeah. 33 more sacks in three less games. I think there is serious pressure on somebody in Cincinnati. I don't know whether it is coaching. I don't know whether it's front office personnel. But like that is that is a massive red flag. Mm. I th- because for a couple of years there at Cincinnati where. Poverty stricken and he came in and he turned everything around. And mm-hmm. if if he's gonna be squandered, that is just fair. Yeah.
1: Did a better, better O line for Andy Dalton and no respect to Andy Dalton, but I know he needed it more. Um especially if that's how they're gonna play. But look moving on um and I suppose this is something that I'm conscious they were on a bye, but it's kind of something that dawned on me at the weekend, just kind of watching so many of these kind of, so many big injuries that maybe put a pin in a lot of franchises season, Um Maybe not mathematically, but figuratively anyway. Um, I suppose for all the issues they've faced this season, the Colts are 5-5. Five and five. Are we sleeping on Shane Steichen as coach of the year? Um, I know, look, D'Amico Ryan has it all, but boxed it off at this stage. Um, well, that think, Dan
0: Campbell's still hanging around in the odds.
1: Yeah, I think there's an, there's an element, too, of kind of what the expectation was in the franchise. And I think that's why they kind of won it last year. But I think when you look at everything they've had, they obviously started with a rookie QB. You look looks promising you think as an organisation you feel like you may have your quarterback because um, obviously he's out for the season injured uh, you're running an offence under Minchumania, which is sporadic and, and unpredictable as always you've you've just got back your, your star running back after kind of a mixture of injury and contract disputes and, mm-hmm. and I just think that to be true ten ten games, it'd be five and five and to be in with a with a shot at the playoffs. Um a shot anyway. I think that's an incredible job. Uh and he, it's not like he has a real calm, commonsensical owner backing him. No. Um So I think look it's 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 an incredible job from Shane uh Stoichen. Um and I think he should definitely be in the discussion and, and definitely the shortlist for Coach year I just don't think he's been talked about near enough.
0: Yeah, I think um, basically when Anthony Richardson went down, that was it. I think he would need to, to win the division to be talked about. I think if he had Anthony Richardson, his product, and had him looking good i think he would get the talk um sure. but but i agree with you i think he's done a fantastic job something else he he's dealt with is the whole uh, gambling fiasco they lost their their top cornerback prior to the season um and i know their their secondary was far from their forte but they're sitting you know over halfway through the season at 5 and 5 um as you say playing with Minshew who one week can look serviceable the next week you'll wonder is this guy a backup? Maybe that's what his ceiling is. Um so yeah, I think um I think Steichen is an excellent play caller.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I think there's a lot of divided opinion on Chris Ballard, their GM i think over the last couple of years he's 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 received a lot of pressure I think the pressure is gonna be on him now over the next couple of seasons to really stock up that um that team and the cast around anthony Richardson because they're gonna need, need an improvement to the o line um weapons because at the moment he's or obviously it's Minshew at the moment but he's trying to win games with uh, Michael Pittman, yep, fine. Alec Pierce, no, not really. And Jonathan Taylor. I'm like we saw what happened in this offseason, who knows if he'll be here next mm. year. So eyes are on the front office there in in Indianapolis. But getting back, yeah, I think I think if I was a Colts fan, I'd be very happy with how Shane Steichen is is progressing here. Um I would be a little bit miffed because he's getting none of that coach of the year chatter, but I do think mm. that's just a bright product of you know losing your your
1: Your Rookie QB.
0: Yeah. Um we'll move on to my last point, which we might kinda whack out here pretty quickly, but the uh, the Jags. Most had them winning the division fairly comfortably, but they're in a bit of a nerve-wracking race now to keep pace and keep ahead of the Texans. And obviously last week they had a big, embarrassing loss to the 49ers, but they came back and had a big rebound win over the Titans. So, what do you think? Do you think there's a chance the Texans could steal the division? And who do you think is the better team right now? Honestly. Honestly. Be honest um, with me.
1: Honestly? Um, I think it's just so soon in the development of this Texans roster um, that that the Jags are still the, the team to beat. They do... Not to get ahead of ourselves. They do face each other this weekend. That's um, right. So this is definitely one to circle. Um, but a few things... like. I, I think the pressure is on not just the Jags organization, but it's on Trevor Lawrence now. Because he doesn't really have that signature win just yet. As in... No. He hasn't gone to Cincy and beaten Joe Burrow. He hasn't gone to Arrowhead and beaten Mahomes. He, He kind of somewhat in effect... Like, I suppose he has that playoff comeback win, but given how the Chargers have gone this year, that's less encouraging as it was during the offseason. Yeah,
0: less impressive, yeah.
1: So I think the pressure is on, maybe not the Jags organization, but it's on Trevor Lawrence to prove that he's in that top echelon of, of QBs in the league and he's not just the higher up of the league average QBs. I think it was a pivotal moment... For the Texans organization last night, in that they beat the Arizona Cardinals. Say what you want about them, but Kyler Murray is back, looked promising in 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 bits, and C.J. Stroud had an awful game. What he threw three interceptions, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. An
1: awful, awful game, but they were able to win. Um, and I think a lot of their rookies is it Tank Dell. Like yes, They just yeah. look to have a really good young organisation And I think the team to beat in the division is still the Jags The Titans look destined for a rebuild The Colts are trucking along nicely But we still don't fully know what they are But the Texans I think have a bright future um, And I think in a season or two They may be the team to beat in the division
0: yeah I think so, as you say yeah the 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 other weapons he's working with are uh Noah Brown and Dalton mm. Schultz two cast offs of the Cowboys' offense over the last couple of years, so it's not as if he is dealing with you know what good teams consider to be top weapons mm. um I think yeah I agree with you as well that Lawrence doesn't have yeah if you want to include like that playoff win I mean you can discredit that the Chargers have looked disjointed since then. But at the time it was it was very impressive. And because it was it was a big deficit. It was was it twenty eight three or something like that? It's not as if it was it? yeah. I think it
1: I think it may be the biggest playoff comeback. Yeah, like it, so it is significant.
0: It is. Um but at this year, because a lot of the big quarterbacks this year have their signature win. I think just uh Trevor Lawrence reminds me a little bit about a little off Justin Herbert in that yeah he's he's amassing all the records and all of the advanced metrics and all the nerds are saying and telling us that he's really good but it's just not translating I'm mean, gonna get his this year of course for Trevor Lawrence they're top of the division Um he's the third youngest player to reach 10,000 passing yards and um, so things are I think heading into the, the right direction for Trevor Lawrence but we talked about this before. It's his consistency. Um he went up against a great team and had an opportunity for that signature win last week and that like Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't carry his team. Um and I, a I team don't, that was
1: on the ropes as well too. Yeah. Like that's that's the other element of it. As well. I
0: yeah, I find it difficult to defend how poor the Jags were. It's a bit like you know the 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 Cowboys are demolishing bad teams, which is very impressive. But how confident can you be in them until they mm. they beat the good teams?
1: Mm. Until they have that that signature win, and look, there's, there's got to be a, an an element too in the back of their minds as well that they don't have the signature win. Uh, not just reserved for the fans, of course.
0: Had to get well, in a dig at the Cowboys. Yeah.
1: The, just staple it in somewhere it wouldn't be an episode of Fuddles and Stuff if we didn't get it in somewhere Um, but moving on week 12 previews and as we said Thursday is Thanksgiving Turkey Day this is the seminal moment in the regular season every year this is the the crux of when it really matters Um, so delighted to be here week 12 kicking off 5.30 Irish time Now, classic franchise uh, to be involved. Um, We obviously, I just to know, I think I have these uh, backwards in terms of who's at home and who's away, just so we were aware of that. Uh, It's Packers making the trip to Detroit. Um, The Lions always seem to be our first game on Thanksgiving. Look, it, this is actually far more interesting than I thought it was before. I don't think Jared Goff's going to have as bad a game as he did on Sunday. But I liked what i seen from Jordan Love. I know we've talked about the failings of the Chargers a lot in this episode and over the course of the season. But I think it was kind of a big win for me. Kind of seemed to kind of see the pitch and see the game a bit slower. So wouldn't be surprise if things start to slowly click for him over the course of the season. That being said, Lions at home, eight and two versus four and six, you gotta chalk up the Lions as favourites for this.
0: Yeah, they're they're fairly heavy favourites, seven and a half points. Yeah. Um but could be could could play tighter. I'm not sure I back that spread. I'm not sure either. Um if I had to choose I probably would just because I think the the Lions are a very solid team and I'm not going to bet on Green Bay continuously improving, given just how they've been so far. But uh, I won't won't be angry at you. The next game is the Commanders going to the Cowboys, that other Thanksgiving team. Cowboys are 11-point favourites. Now this, and I don't mean this as a sort of a, a biased slight to the Cowboys, but I actually would take the Commanders and the plus eleven points here. I think it's a Thanksgiving divisional game. We've seen the Commanders be scrappy. Um, so
1: look, you, you, you. I don't like a big spread on a short turnaround.
0: No. I well, it it yeah, it is short for for both teams, but yeah, I agree with you. Um. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think I'll go with the Commanders here, but that is to win.
1: Fair. Um, another divisional game. Um, no, look, I think Our first despite oh despite no, how no, close no. the records are, I think the Seahawks' failure to get the job done against the Rams kind of for me cemented me that there is one winner in the NFC West and it's it's going to be the 49ers ultimately. They've had their mid-season slump. Um, but I think the Seahawks are kind of returning to what's to be expected. There's a lot more tape on Gino et al. Uh, and I think the 49ers will ultimately put them to the sword. Um, so I don't know what the spread is, but I am backing the 49ers for the win anyway.
0: It's a seven-point spread to the Niners as favourites. Yeah. Um, If it was 49ers at home, minus seven, I'd take them maybe the seahawks at home i expect they'll get up for a division game um maybe maybe but that also might be being a bit generous to them they their sort of quality has kind of dropped off over the last couple of weeks um uh, yeah i'd probably take the niners fair
1: um moving on i Gorgeous new entry for the Irish NFL fan. The Black Friday game. The first of its kind. 8pm Irish time on Friday evening. Kids are in bed. Work is done. What more do you want? Um, Probably a better matchup for the Dolphins and the Jets. But uh, look, it is what it is. (coughs) Another divisional game. Dolphins make the trip to New Meadowlands. I think if the Dolphins put the Jets this order, and I would expect them to be, don't be surprised uh, to hear Aaron Rodgers' injury diagnosis is not progressing as well as he's been claiming, um because I think they'll pretty much be, be done in the playoffs at that stage, and um, so back in the Jet the Dolphins. That's a good
0: point. Because I I'm I'm sick of, Rodgers dominating headlines whenever things get go quiet on him.
1: Yeah. yeah, um. But I think this will put them to the bed. I think dolphins will cement their lead at the top anyway. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Eight, and eight and three.
0: Yeah, dolphins are heavy favourites at nine and a half point favourites. Yeah, I'll be hoping on for the dolphins as well. I've got a tasty bet slip on them to win the division. So. Nice. Let's just manifest it. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you want me to take the next one then? Yeah. Um Bengals. Or the, the Steelers I should say are visiting the Bengals. It's a very tight spread now. One point with the Steelers as favourites. Obviously, this is all on the back of uh Joe Burrow being injured. Uh, we saw Jake Browning sort of take the helm for Joe Burrow. It wasn't it wasn't massively encouraging. Um but uh he wasn't awful, but I, I don't have much confidence in Jake Browning versus the Pittsburgh defense. And we have seen Kenny Pickett just come through at times uh to to steal a game at the end. Obviously Najee Harris, I think I was slating him at the start of the season saying he was slow and plodding, he's he's really sort of come on. And he looked good as does Jalen Warren, so I'd take the Steelers here. I I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you you kind of you, you'd struggle to favour the Bengals on the road out unless it's against very favourable opposition. So
0: yeah, yeah Steelers. I still think they're a good team, but it's just you can't really bank on Jake Browning when you don't know what's yeah. what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Fair. Um moving on to the, the early slate on Sunday. Um it's Titans Panthers and it's probably one that should be limited to red zone, um to be fair. Mm. Um Yeah, look, I think I'm gonna slide Titans and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna detail too much Titans at home against a, a struggling Panthers. They, 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 look, the Panthers put together a good drive or two against the Cowboys but that's what we're kind of talking about with the Panthers this season it's a good drive or two it's not a it's not even a complete quarter they're putting together Um, yeah Titans Titans whatever the spread is
0: Uh, yeah Titans minus three and a half yeah, Um the easy. the over under for points is 37 so kinda slated to be a fairly miserable game yeah ah yeah i'd probably go titans as well there's very little to like about either of these teams um the next game is the jacksonville jaguars at the houston texans the jags are one point favorites here i think this could be a great game we've seen cj stroud you know he's the story the the year he's like the gunslinger this year certainly now that you know your typical ones Joe Burrow is is done, um, and that CJ Stroud I duelled him when they did play against each other. Um,
1: What's interesting for me is he, he's all also got his bad game out of the way. That's true against
0: was... Carolina. Mm. Um,
1: I, I think. Sorry to call across, yeah.
0: No, I like when it... you do it.
1: I've done it a few times now during a segment. I, I admire your professionalism. Um, I think CJ Stroud goes into this game with no pressure because the Jags are expected to win. But if the Texans pull off the upset here, I think we very quickly start answering some severe, asking some severe questions of Trevor Lawrence.
0: I don't think that's unfair to say, um. But my my only concern is that uh, C J Stroud is still a rookie, so he might be. You know, he might be too invested. He might be too anxious to, to really get that. You know, he won't. He may not stay calm and collected. I say that he's defied all expectations. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they. Uh, um, if they took or upset the Jags here, uh, and I know we sort of said we'd kind of be. Keeping an eye on the Jags and the Steelers a little bit more as they've kind of the official teams of Ireland at least marketing wise, but I can't help but root for the Texans here. Uh, Mm. Finally, a Texas team that that doesn't make me shudder when I think about them. Wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be rooting for the Texans. Um, You just know what the spread is on that one.
0: It's uh it's just one point. Jags are one point favourites.
1: Slide that one, I'll tell you that much. Yep. Um next up it is the surprisingly five and five Saints against the even more surprisingly four and six Falcons. Um yeah, look, it's Derek Carr who's, who's actually out, I think. Um against Desmond Rudder. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. Um, Again, thankfully, it's going to be confined to red zone for me. I would maybe favor the Falcons at home. But two bad teams with two bad coaches.
0: Yeah. um, Again, the the Falcons are one-point favorites. Yeah. These are two ugly teams. Um, Like, I think... The Falcons should be the favorites here, given all the bits they have, the pieces they have, and and I, I can't choose the Falcons here. Like as as poor as the coaching is being in New Orleans, and as poor as Derek Carr has been, I got to, I'll probably take them.
1: I think Derek Carr is slated to be out though. Um, is he? Is probably wild. Are yeah, we getting Winston
0: time? Out. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, I'd take the, oh, that does kind of change things. No, I'd probably still take the the, uh, the Saints, I think. Fair. Um, Our next game is the Buccaneers traveling to Indianapolis. The Colts are two-point favorites here. It's a tough one. I think the Bucs are going to be desperate to stay in the race for their division. And we did see them... I know I praised the 49ers, but the Bucs did really squander a few chances to make it a very, very tight game. So I'll probably take the Bucs plus two points here. He's not sure. He's not sure. Not sure.
1: Not sure. It's it's a brutal early slate of games. Um, look, there is there's there's a sprinkling of golders there, and obviously the the Jags and the Texans. But the Steelers Bengals game is going to be rough. The Saints Falcons game is going to be rough. Colts Buccaneers could be a decent game. Um, but yeah, I actually back Colts at home. Just Steichen's doing his magic, and um, and the the final game. In the early slate, so I believe. It's the Patriots at the Giants. Um, whew, you got to back the Giants. Um, especially mm. on the back of that Commander's win. It's it's mad now that Belichick off a bye means nothing. Such so, so bad things have got in New England. But yeah, I'll back the Giants at home.
0: Yeah, it feels a bit weird that I kind of agree with you um given how how the giants were looking just a couple of weeks ago or two weeks ago uh the patriots are three-point favorites but i just i find it any or very difficult to have any sort of confidence in mac jones or bailey Zappi, even uh you know who's reportedly lost the locker room so Mm. uh, i don't like it but i'll take the giants too um the next game the first of the later slate is the rams visiting the cardinals the rams are one point favorites i think i'll probably take the cardinals here plus one i think tyler's looked a little rams. bit spicy i think jonathan gannon's been pretty decent as a coach yeah. I and
1: i think i'm still gonna go rams They just wouldn't be surprised to see them put on a few wins now to push for the playoffs ultimately fall short but i just have a bit of faith in Sean McVay that should probably have left me at this stage but like it won't um being brutally honest um so i i I'd, I'd swing rams in this but it's going to be very tight like you said the the one point mm. spread um Next up is an interesting game. It's a real test of how far the Broncos have come as they're coming up against the defence in the competition. Um but the Broncos defence is is pretty formidable too. Uh and it will be against uh his name escapes me now. Uh Flatterson preseason. Dorian Thompson Robson. Mm. DTR, um, who look struggle against the Steelers, but that's a formidable defense too. I'm probably gonna back the
0: Broncos.
1: Um, wouldn't be shocked if it was a ten seven thriller.
0: Yep, yeah, the uh, spread is two and a half points. I Think I'd agree with you. I'd err with the uh, the Broncos there. Yeah, when you look at the quarterbacks versus the defenses, I'd just have more. You'd have more confidence in Russell Wilson than DTR. The next game is the Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Raiders have looked scrappy ever since firing Josh mm. McDaniels. They obviously kept it close relatively with the Dolphins. Um, but I still think that the Chiefs are... They're one of the few teams that are categorically in that... You know, make up that top, top tier. Mm. Whereas yeah. the Raiders are maybe just coming, coming back down off that dead cat or cat bounce from firing mm. Josh McDaniels. The Chiefs win. I'd Fair. probably take the Raiders plus the points, though. Nine yeah. and a half. Fair.
1: Going to be cantankerous
0: and ask that you also do the next game as well, by way of apology. Okay, I accept. Um, the Buffalo Bills travel to Philly. That'll make up the third game of that gauntlet that Philly are playing. Um, The Eagles are three and a half point favorites. My confidence in this game wavers because Josh Allen looked very sketchy for a couple of weeks. And then obviously this past week, the whole team or the team as a whole showed up. I still would have confidence in this game. I'd probably take Philly minus three, three and a half here. Particularly because the yeah. Eagles are, are as healthy as they've been since the start of the season. If, short of Avante Maddox, um all of their secondary are 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 healthy, and if they can stack a few games without getting injured and with the same lineup, I think that'll do wonders for them.
1: Okay. Massive opportunity for the fans, like it's a it's a viable possibility that the next time we go on air, the Eagles could have lost two on the bounce. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but... Touching wood. Um, yeah, look, I, I back the Eagles at home against Buffalo, who... Look, we're saying the comeback is uh, against the Jets. Not sure. I buy all that. Um, and then finally, Sunday night football. Ravens Chargers. I think the Chargers are done. Um, so... It's very easy to see these uh primetime games where we thought sides would be a lot better than they are and the chargers aren't and um, so the ravens make the trip across to la and i would expect them to be victorious against the chargers
0: yeah it's a deceptively short spread it's four points for the ravens i know they're the away team but i tell the
1: raiders play as well they can play down uh, unfortunately and they've just lost Mark Andrews for the, for the season to be fair very true um,
0: and I think Lamar's it's... passer rating when targeting Andrews was was in the triple digits mm. Um, unlike when he's targeting his receivers so yeah absolutely a big blow for them um, still going to take the Ravens in that spread just the Chargers I don't know man I, I can't figure out why and I think they've lost Joey Bosa as well he was carried off I haven't heard the news or any news on him Mm. but um he certainly looked upset being carted off
1: and finally monday night football bears vikings um look the the joshua dobbs era in minnesota suffered its first loss but last bit point I'd, i'd backed them against the Bears who found a new way to lose on the weekend apologies in advance long term listener Keith. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to back the Vikings in Minnesota against the Bears who are struggling who are laboured yeah I think that's us
0: yeah full agreement that's us
1: that's us for this week um, hopefully we're ju- joyous and jubilant next week i Um, think it'll
0: be very obvious um what the two results were just by our tone our cadence as you introduce the next podcast yeah
1: um well look that's all from me
0: and that's all from me thank you and good night
1: Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody then.
0: inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play!